0: Well, praise the Lord. It's so wonderful to have an opportunity to share the word of God. Um, I am, let me just tell you something really quick that I was thinking about. Uh, In my Catholic upbringing of 29 years, I knew a lot about God, but I did not know him personally as my personal Lord and Savior. And they're worlds apart. There's lots of Christians who say they're Christians out there that know a lot about God but are, have not been born again and don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I was one of them. I was very moral. I was uh, grew up in a great church, a uh, great um, family that uh, we loved God. We knew a lot about God, but we did not have the plug in to the source. And really, truly, this is a problem in the church today. It really is a big problem. I remember going to a Bible study at my friend's uh, Ann Sills house, and Dale was preaching there. And I sat down, not knowing anything, green as grass, and the word of God was presented. I couldn't tell you what he preached. All I remember is what I said. I'll never forget it. I have finally found what I've been looking for my whole life. Because the anointed word of God was being preached in a way that I could receive it, understand it, and do it. Up until that point in my life, that was not the case. So when I got that, that day was a complete... 90-degree turn in my life. From that moment on, I never looked back. And I was born again at that time, but I felt like I was a carpenter who got a diploma, a paper diploma. But my tool belt was empty. Now, I had a tool belt because I got that when I graduated, but it didn't have any tools in it. What I was lacking was the Word of God deposited in my heart, so that I had something to work with to change my mindset, the, the, the old thinking and the nature that I had and what I had come up to at that moment in my life. And when I found it, I knew it. And I, was, I grabbed hold of it, and I was never going to let it go. So it has carried me through up until this point, my love for the word of God. And the word of God is Jesus. He is the living word. When you open this book, you are fellowshipping with a person. Do you ever think about it that way? You're actually looking into the the mirror of God's heart for you and I. This book is the will and testimony of our Father. It's his heart, for all of his kids. It's a manual, an instruction book. It tells us how to think, what to say, what to do, how to do it, what to do and what not to do. It just encompasses our entire life. It is the only living, breathing book on the face of the earth. It is the only infallible truth on the earth today. There's many truths out there, there's many gods out there, but there's only one true God, and that is Jesus Christ. And he is the absolute, infallible, incorruptible word and truth on the earth today. He's the plumb line, he's the standard, he uh, he's everything the cultures of today they they change they come and go but the word is forever settled it's the same yesterday today and forever it is the truth you don't have to look any further than right here this written book there's a famine in the land and the famine is the word of god the whole truth What I've always loved about Church of the Word is that we don't tear out any pages of this Bible. We believe it and teach from Genesis to Revelation, and we don't really care if you like us or not. We're not up here to have you like us. We're up here to present the truth, and it's the truth that will set you free, keep you free, make you free. It will help you. So we're, we teach the whole truth. We're, we don't have fear of man. We have fear and reverential fear of God. And he is the whole truth. Amen? So you can be guaranteed of that here, which I have been with Church of the Word since 1991, and I haven't found anything better. I'm serious. I've looked at other churches, and I'm sure they're all there's some that are really great, but the pure word of God that comes forth is always feeds my soul, always comforts my soul, always challenges me. See, if you're not challenged by the word of God, then you either don't have ears to hear, or you don't want to do the word of God because. I believe in this pulpit, you're challenged. How many of you agree with that? Boy, I am. Sometimes I have to bring my toes back after the preaching of the word. But I love that. So tonight, um, I felt the Holy Spirit said, encourage my people. And I want to encourage you in the word of God. There are two groups of people on the earth today, only two. Now, the media would like to tell you there's many because they bring in the races, you know. But um, there's only two, and that is the saved and the unsaved. That's it. That's all God sees, is the saved and the unsaved. The unsaved need what? Saved. (laughs) They need to get born again of the Spirit. They They need to respond to the truth of God's Word. How many of you know that there's many commands in the Word of God that invoke response? It's just not nice words on a page. God's observing. What are you doing with it? How are you going to respond to it? And that is a question that each one of us have to be willing to look inside of our heart is, what am I to do with this rhema word? that I received today. Amen. Is amen are all oh me. Am I the only one who thinks like this? You know, in, in Acts at Pentecost, there was two great questions. What is this, and what must I do? See, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. How many of you know that? Liberty without responsibility Without responsibility. Um, lead you into bondage. There's a responsibility that comes in being a child of God. There's a responsibility of reading the word and responding correctly to it. How many of you know that's truth? Amen. Being a doer of the word, which we're going to talk about. So if the unsaved need saved, the saved need encouragement. You need edified, you need built up, you need comforted. Why? We live in a very evil, perverse, corrupt generation in a world that's full of evil. Satan is the little G God of this world and the spirit of the air, the antichrist spirit is rampant in the world. And we are like in a canoe rowing against the tide or the current of the world. And it's, it's hard. How many of you know it's hard? You know, we may have some great moments, and, but it's hard to can always fight the good fight of faith. It's easy to put the oars in the boat and just drift with the world. But God says, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world for you. You can fight the good fight of faith. I've empowered you to be all that I want you to be. And He's, in, he's our greatest cheerleader. He's our greatest encourager in our walk with God. And I love that about the Lord. Whenever I have a moment of you know, I'm discouraged or not understanding what's happening, I go to the Word. I just open up life and let that life just saturate my heart. And God always meets me. He always comes alive in my heart. I may not still understand, but I know I've been changed by His presence. And that He does for all of His children every single time. He loves you so much more than you understand. He died for you. He died a horrific death for you. But he lives forevermore. He's alive. Jesus is alive. He's alive and well. And Christ in me, the hope of glory. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Everywhere you go, no matter what you're going through, Jesus is right there with you. Isn't that comforting to know that? He's strengthening you. He's edifying you. He's building you up. He's comforting your heart, letting you know it's going to be okay. All is well with your soul. And you know what we have to do? We have to respond and say yes and amen. Being a Christian is not being, it's not a spectator sport. It's a participation that God wants us to partake, partake with Him. We're joint heirs. We're partakers in everything that Jesus did. He says that in the Word. So we have to partake with it. And quite often it's with our words. You know, the Lord said to me years ago, talk out loud what you want. And what I wanted was more of Jesus and more of the word. So I went around talking the word of God out loud, taking my Bible, taking Christ the healer, taking Kenyon, that book is all the word, and just speaking out loud. Why? Because death and life are in the power of what? My tongue. Say my tongue. You have power and authority over all the works of the devil, and that power is in your tongue. So a lot of Christians don't talk. (laughs) Anybody know anybody like that? You know? We, We have to be participants with the Holy Spirit and praying out loud and praying the Word of God and, and get it so so that you hear it. No one hears you more than you. Amen? The Word of God, it's so crucially important. And everything you need is in this instruction book. Absolutely everything. You don't have to go any further than the Word of God. Just open it and let it speak to you. Matthew 24, Verse 35, if you have your Bibles, which I hope you all have your Bibles, because there's going to be a day that Bibles are going to get hard to get. So make it your best friend. Meditate on it. Meditate it and memorize it. Let it just sink into your heart and become you. Matthew twenty-four thirty-five says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. John 6:68 6, Peter asked the, said to the Lord Lord where shall we go you have the words of eternal life Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever Hebrews 13:8 Revelation 19:13 and his name is called the word of God The word of God is eternal that means it's going into heaven it's going to be a part of heaven for all of eternity. Think about that. Of all the books on, in the earth today, this is the only eternal one that's going to have an eternal effect on your life. Amen? Let's look to the Gospel of John in chapter 1. You know, I, um, I'm a simple kind of girl. I really am. I love the simplicity of the Bible. Um, I take the simple truths of the Word of God, and I want to get really good at applying the simple truths. If I'm not doing the simple truths, why am I looking for something more complicated? You know? It doesn't even make sense to me. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. How many of you know that you're a flashlight in the world today? Whether you believe that or know that, uh, understand that truth, you are a light. You have a shining about your life because you're a born-again child of God that the world does not have. Amen. See, you all should have said amen to that. You know why? It's truth. You are the light. Jesus is in you, and he is the light of men. So you have light emulating from you whether you know it or not. But you should agree with that. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. Why do dogs bark? Because they're dogs. Why does the world sin? Because they're sinners. You shouldn't wonder about that. They need saved. Wait a minute. We were once there. (laughs) Amen. Amen. He came to his own the jewish race israel and his own did not receive him amazing they had the old testament they had the prophets that prophesied of jesus through every book of the old testament but when he finally showed up and and came they did not receive him very sobering s- scripture But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Say, that's me. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. John the Baptist said of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He recognized Jesus and he received Jesus. See, that invokes a response on our our part to whether or not we're going to receive the good word of God. Amen. Turn to John 17. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3. Jesus spoke these words when he lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. You know, we, we've been talking about um, victory over death with the Keith Moore series in our home groups. And I love, he had some really great gold nuggets in there. One of them I took away was, when you're ready, you're, you're, you're getting up in age and you're kind of thinking about heaven. You know, you've been a citizen there for many years. Number one, make sure you're born again. Number two, make sure you've done what God asked you to do in your life. And number three, make sure you're satisfied. And when you've done all three, go home. Go home. Just go home. It's not our home here. We're passing through. We're earth dwellers for a short period of time. Our citizenship is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven, our Lord and Savior. A lot of our loved ones have gone on before us. They're all waiting in heaven. Just go home if you've, if you've uh, qualified with those three things. <laughs> Amen. Heaven's gain. Heaven's gain. Aren't we all headed there? Yeah, all in some period of time. We're all, if you're born again, son of God in the family of God, heaven is your destination. We're just down here in our journey of life, being born again, enjoying the presence of the Lord, living a pleasing life to our heavenly father every day, every day of our life, pleasing our father doing the will of our Father in this very short period of time called flesh. Amen. And we're going to be rewarded for it. That's something to shoot for. John 17, verse 2, As you have given him authority over all flesh, Jesus is speaking of himself, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life. Now he's going to tell you. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I think uh, all of us are w- very aware of the times that we're living in. How many of you seen the bumper stickers co-exist? And all the symbols of different religions that are false religions. They're all false religions. And in there is a cross, because they don't want to leave the cross out. But there is Hinduism and, and Buddhism, and, you know, I don't even know all of them. But there's a whole list of them. This is the plot of the Antichrist and the Antichrist spirit on the earth today to bring a one-world religion. So you got to be aware of this stuff, because the early Christians, first-century Christians, who were persecuted for their faith, put total belief in a one true God. Not the many idols and statues of the Roman culture of that day. And others. They wouldn't bow to those. They wouldn't give their allegiance to those. And in making that stand, many gave their life for the one true God. They overcame how? Anybody? The word of their testimony, the blood of the Lamb, and not loving their life to the death. Think about that. We're not, we're what, 20 centuries down the road from the first century believers who put so much value and worth and honor in the word of God, the living word of God, that out of their mouth they what they believed came out of their mouth and they knew it would cost their life they put everything their entire life in the word of god glory to god turn to 1 john chapter 2 god bless you 1 john chapter 2 Verse 24, let's see. Hmm. You know, if you have, I'm just going to say I know it's a busy week coming up. If you want to spend some time with the Lord, I really encourage you to spend time in the Gospel of John and the three epistles of John. It will just illuminate Jesus to you in so many ways. It's so heavy duty and so rich If we say in verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us all from sin. In verse 4, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 2, verse 4, it says, He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. See, God doesn't want pretenders. He wants people who live in the reality of the truth of his word. And I think at one time or another, we've all been a pretender to some degree But the more we press into the word of truth, the more we press into God, he reveals those things about ourselves. He brings them to the surface so that we can look at them and respond accordingly. And that response is nothing less than a word called repentance. John the Baptist's last words of his ministry was repent. The first word off of Jesus' lips starting his ministry was repent. Repentance should be your best friend as you're working out your salvation with fear and trembling. It really should. You know, um, when you repent of something in a misunderstanding between you and somebody else, when when you believe you are right, And you humble yourself and be more spiritual is what the word of God says, by the way. Want to be more spiritual? Anybody want to be more spiritual? Be the first to repent. Should I say that again? Anybody want to be really spiritual? More spiritual? Be the first to repent. Even if you don't have to even if it really is the other person. Because what are they going to do in that situation when you repent? Oh, you just took the wind out of my sail. You took the sticks off the fire. There's nothing there. (laughs) It puts water on an argument immediately. Amen? Repentance is a wonderful way to live because you have to humble yourself to repent. And God gives grace to the humble. Amen? These are such valuable truths in the word of God on how we can live and bring the reality of our true identity as children of God to the forefront every day of our life, keeping them fresh before us. But whosoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought also himself to walk as he walked, as Jesus walked. How did Jesus walk? Well, you get to know that and observe that by spending time with him in his word. Amen? Let's look at 1 John chapter 2, verse... 15. Beloved, don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. Isn't the lines being drawn so distinctly right now between the light and the darkness, between the world and the Word You know, I was surprised when Kevin and Kelly got back from, they took a three-day, let's see, anniversary, Father's Day, birthday uh, getaway. (laughs) And they came back and they said, our takeaway is this, the dark is getting darker and the light is getting lighter. See, that's observing the seasons that we're living in and how important it is that the light in you becomes brighter, that you don't partake of the things that are of the world, which is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised you, eternal life. How you began is super important. You must be born again, Jesus said. You must be born again of the Spirit, and you must be a human being to become born again. And if Jesus said you must be born again, then you must be born again. We don't argue with Jesus, do we? And uh, the next great question is, how do I get born again? See, that's responding to truth. It's not being complacent. It's not being lazy. It's not um, uh, procrastination. You know, I've got a few more things I want to do in the, in the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye, and the pride of life before I make that decision. And there's a lot of Christians. I'm not talking about true believers, but people who say they're Christians because their mom and dad are Christians, because they go periodically to church and sometimes throw money in the offering plate. Those are not true believers, and churches are full of them. And that's why it is so important to hear and respond to God's word. Not staying complacent and thinking it's okay to pretend. We're not living in the days where that's really smart. Amen? So Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. There is no other God but Jesus. None comes close. There's only one. And all the others are liars because they don't acknowledge Jesus, God himself who came in the flesh. Turn to 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Well, if you sit next to a Muslim and they're reading the Koran, they will tell you that Jesus came in the flesh. And so will the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons. So what's the difference? Let's read on. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? The question is, has he come in your flesh? Is he in you? Not in the world, not come in the flesh and walk on the earth. Is he in you? Is he born again? Has he given you a new spirit, a new heart? Do you belong to him? Does your spirit bear witness to the spirit of truth? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Glory to God. That's a true believer who's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation. If you're ashamed to talk about Jesus to somebody, you need to do a checkup from the heart up. You really do you got to find out what's really important in your life, pleasing men or pleasing God. That's what it comes down to, fear of man or fear of God. (laughs) I have a reverential fear of God not doing what God's asked me to do, not a fear of man. I'm not going to be judged by any man. One day, and that day of judgment is coming for all of us. No one is excluded. Hello? And that day you'll be standing in front of Jesus. Now, for those of us who are true believers and have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, your, any sins there won't be a sin problem. There won't be a sin issue because it got taken care of 2,000 years ago on the cross. Isn't that good news? Now, that does not give you a license to sin because then you got to wonder, am I really a born-again believer if I love sin more than walking in the grace of God? These are good questions, aren't they, to think about? If I want to sin, if I love to sin, I got to question what's going on in my heart. Because I got born again to please my heavenly father. See, I had a father, and his name was Satan. For 29 years, I was not born again. And Satan was my father. And before you got born again, he was your father too. That says that in Colossians 1. You want me to read that? All right, let's go to Colossians. I want to show you in the Word of God where it says that. Colossians. All right. Chapter 2, we're going to look at verses... 13 and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcised of your heart of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven you of all trespasses having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you which was contrary to us and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them, triumphanting over them. Jesus triumphant over every principality, power, spiritual wickedness in high places, and He did it for you and I. He translated us from from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and that happened at your born again experience. You got a new father, Father God, who created you. Amen. And in, in that, new, in that trans, transition, you have a new father, and because of that, our eyes are ever on the Lord. He did a great work with his son Jesus on the cross for each and every one of us. And do you value what Jesus did for you on the cross? Do you think about it? Do you meditate? Do you thank him every day for that shed blood for your life and to, and to give you the strength and the power to live for him every single day, to say no to the lust of the flesh and the eye and the pride of life? That's our battle. It's a battle. You want to know why? We got flesh. I got flesh. Do you have flesh? Does it speak? It's your battle. Because in Romans it says that the spirit of God within you wars against the flesh. And the flesh wars against the spirit of God within you. And you're the deciding factor who wins. And let me tell you, the more you allow the spirit of God within you to win, you start compounding strength in that direction. The more you yield to the flesh and the lust of the flesh, you compound strength in that direction. Amen or oh me. You're the deciding factor who wins, God or the devil in your life. Now, the devil is defeated. He's been defeated by the blood of the lamb. He just wants to know if you know he's defeated. He wants to know if you know that he's been stripped of all his power and all his authority, that you are the one with the power and authority as a child of God on the earth today. But see, like a policeman maintains that authority with the badge in his hand, you have to maintain that authority in your body and you do it with by free will. And I love to say you do it the way Jesus did it. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 4. He gives us such a pattern how to live the righteous, pure, and holy life. He didn't leave us trying to figure things out for ourselves. He really gave us the whole pattern on how to overcome every single day. And you know... I think it's so important that we understand this truth. We only have today. Yesterday is under the blood. It's gone. The good, bad, and the ugly. Right? If you did something you didn't like, did you ask for forgiveness? Well, the blood cleansed you from that sin. It's as if it never happened as far as God's concerned. You don't have tomorrow. It's not here yet. So what do you got? Today. So all you got, 24 hours today, that's it. And let's see, minus eight hours for sleep, 16, 16 hours to live for the Lord. So every day compounds to the next, 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 to the, next, to the week, to the month, to the year. And before you know it, you're down the road and you wonder, some wonder, how did I get here? And some say, wow, I've been pressing. I've been reaching for all of God. And you can see all the things that God has done for you. You look back in remembrance and you think, wow, look what the Lord has done in my life. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful in this beautiful living God that's so attentive to my life. And you live a grateful, joyful, peaceful life no matter what you're going through because the other eye is on eternity. Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Yes, he's alive today, but as you keep one eye and the thought toward that moment, where you will step into eternity, quite often you can look at today and say, "Eh, in the light of eternity, really how big and how important is this? I'm going to make it. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to, you know, I think I'm just going to take myself an extra heaping of the godly love, agape love, and I'm just going to let that thing go. I'm going to bless that person. I'm going to speak blessing over that situation And I think I'll let this situation change my godly character for more of Jesus. That's your choice. Because one day you're going to step into eternity. And your whole life, this is what 1 Corinthians 13 says, your whole life is going to be thrown into the fire. And only that that you have done for the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come out of that fire in gold, silver, and precious jewels. Everything else is going to be a heap of ha- ash. First Corinthians 13. That day is coming for all of us. And we are compounding by our decisions that we make only in 16 hours. That's it. Just 16 hours, living for the Lord or living for the, the world, one or the other. See, the, the church is going through a bit of an identity crisis. They've come away from their first love of why you got born again in the first place. And the only way in a world that we live in that you can stay true to the one true God is by staying in the word of God. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Say my mouth. See, this is a personal book for you. God's going to speak to you differently in this book than he does me. Now, there's word for all of us. But he's a fresh God, a live God, a rhema God. And he's got fresh manna for you today. Fresh encouragement. Fresh comfort. But you've got to read the book. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. That's a great confession to make every day. But I shall meditate in it day and night. That's the beginning and the end of your day. That I may observe to do all, say all, all that's written therein, that I may observe to do it. You know, James says, don't be just a hearer of the word. Why? Because you can build up a bunch of knowledge in your head and get all prideful about it. It's true. I've memorized such and such and I know this, and I can teach that. That's just puffed-up knowledge. Are you doing it? Can we observe your doing? That's what, that's what matters. Observe to do all that is written therein. Then you shall have good success. Then you will prosper in your way. Who wants good success? One, two, three, four, five, six. See, being a participator. Are you getting how important that is? See, you get a double whammy when you participate. Did you know that? When you say yes and amen to truth, that's a double whammy. Your soul now is bearing witness to it. You're not just a hearer. It's going into you. And that's what you want. Amen. Be a participator. Be an encourager of the word of God for yourself because when you are for yourself then you can be for others and I don't know about you we all need it in the in the world we're living in today prosperous God wants you to proper, prosper he says in 3 John 2 beloved i wish above all things that you prosper and be in health then there's a clause There's a clause. Even as your soul prospers, what is your soul? Mind, will, motions, imagination, all of that God wants you to prosper in so that you can prosper in life and be in good health. Prosper is not just money. It is money, but it's not just money. It's relationships. It's having really good godly relationships that you aren't a pretender. You're real. And you don't mind being real because you know you're loved. You're loved by God and you're loved by the brethren. And so you can be real. You can let your guard down. You can say, you know, this happened to me. And I've been carrying the burden of it, and I'm done carrying the burden of it. Can I share it with you? Absolutely. Let's put it under the blood once and for all. See, that's being honest. It's being transparent. It's where the body of Christ needs to be today, the true body of Christ. And that's the agape love, my friends, the agape love, the God kind of love. Not the condemning, not the judging, not the accusational. That's all of Satan. The Spirit of God will convict. And I thank God for his conviction. Don't you? That scratchiness on the inside when you know something just isn't right and you were part of that not being right. <laughs> Come on now. And, oh, Holy Spirit, you're dealing with me again? Yes! Because he wants you to grow up in him and be free. Remember, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But where liberty, liberty without responsibility leads to bondage. You could say you're free. But are you doing the word of God? Are you applying the truth of this word for your own personal life? Are you walking in the truth of it? You know, I love accountability. That's why I like LTS. We kind of are accountable to one another. But do you have people in your life that love you no matter what happens, whether you blow it, whether you don't live up to their expectations, whether you really make a mistake? Do you know that you're still loved? And that accountability is, gives you the freedom to go to that person and say, I'm really sorry, you know, what I did. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. I'm a, but I'm, a, I'm a trying to attain. Will you forgive me and give me grace in my journey? You've got to have people like that in your life that will allow you to stumble and fall, make a mistake, and yet love you and pick you up. Are you that person? A good question, Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 3. God is pruning and purifying his body, getting us ready. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine. Correct doctrine, God doctrine, not doctrine of demons. There's a big difference between them. And it's very clear in the Bible. He gives that difference in there. Doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you want to be equipped for every good work? Then let the Holy Spirit have his way in your heart and in your life, even if it's correction. Take it. Take it and make a change in your life. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4. It's okay. It really is okay. It's it's good. (laughs) Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, 12. Oh, I got to go to verse 1 of Hebrew 4. Listen to this. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. If The Lord is speaking to you about something tonight. Don't harden your heart. Soften it. Allow the Holy Spirit to deal with you so that you can have freedom in your life. For the word of God, in verse 12, is a living and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. It gets to the root of the problem. You can't hide from God. You can try, but it's torment. piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Let us hold fast to our confession of Jesus Christ. Hold fast. Embrace it like a dog with a bone. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points. Now listen, you have not gone through anything in your life that Jesus has not already gone through. Is that comforting to you? It is. It should be. He says, For we we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He can but was in all points tempted as we are. He was tempted in every single thing you've gone through. Yet, because he was a sinless Savior, he did not sin. And because of that, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Don't be like Adam and Eve and run from God. Be a child of God that runs to the Father because there is your help to overcome and and receive every single thing that you need. Amen? Who are you in Christ Jesus? Who do you identify with and what do you identify with? The more you spend time with Jesus by opening up the mirror and reflect who he says you are, the more you become him. The more you become like him, the more you see as he sees, the more you hear as he hears, and the more you talk like he talks. You know, even even Jesus, when he was tempted, I was going to Matthew 4.4 4. for 40 days in the desert. He overcame every temptation by the word of God. And you know, Jesus could have said anything and it would have been word. But he pointed back to the written word and he said, it is written. Is it written on your heart? Is the living word written on your heart tonight? Are you spending time intentionally every day, every night and every day, looking into the face of Jesus and making his word a part of you? As the dark gets darker, we'll get lighter. And all that Jesus promised in his book, that provision, that protection, that wisdom, that favor, that grace, everything will be a part of your atmosphere, your life. You'll walk in it with great confidence and great courage. Amen? That's our identity as a child of God. That's what God the Father wants for all of his kids. But we have to respond. We have to be doers. Not just hearers, but doers of it. When God shows you something in the word, act on it. And that will become you. It will become a part of who you are. Isn't that what we all want? Amen? So let's end up with a few affirmations of what being born again or saved, truly saved, really, really does for you. Let's turn to 1 Peter. This is such a great chapter in the Bible for all of us to just dwell in. And actually, um, I'm going to go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's, let's look at this as affirmation of who I am as a child of God. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you in the knowledge of God. The more you get to know the Lord, more grace and more peace will be multiplied to you. I don't know how he does it. He just does it because his word says so as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have we been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature How many of you want to be partakers of the divine nature of God? I do. I I desire that. So now he's going to tell you how that happens. Being partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. How many of you have escaped the corruption of the world? By being born again but also for this very reason giving all diligence add to your faith faith cometh by hearing and and hearing and <laughs> hearing is present tense it's not past tense it's hearing That means hearing, present tense, hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's something that we do all the time, present tense. Add to your faith virtue. Virtue is high moral standards. The world does not have moral standards. Just go to the beach and you'll figure that out. True, you will see, you will observe moral standards versus the world big time, real fast. So, virtue is high moral standards how you dress, how you present yourself, things like that. Those are all important to virtue, add knowledge, knowledge, practical understanding of something through application. See, it's not puffed-up knowledge in your head. It's practical application of what you understood in the Word of God. That's true knowledge. Are you a doer of the Word? To knowledge, self-control. And that's just the ability to control yourself. Say no to that bowl of ice cream and cheesecake made by great people sitting over there the second one you want. You know, your flesh is saying, seconds, seconds. No, you're the ability of saying no. That's self-control. So add to knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. Perseverance is continual effort to do, continual steadfastness in doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. Continual perseverance. Godliness. Godliness is godly reflection. It's reflecting God. In what you say, what you do, how you handle yourself, it's are you reflecting God or are you a pretender? The lines are being drawn. Get in or get out. Stop pretending because a day will come for all of us. My goodness, there is such an urgency to be sober-minded right now and get these truths working in your life. You you can't control other people. I'm sorry you cannot do it. And that would be witchcraft to try to do it. We're to control ourselves our own selves, and stop playing the blame game, blaming someone else for why you are the way you are or why you conduct yourself the way you do. It's like putting yourself in a prison cell, locking the door, and throwing them the key. And if they don't change, you can't. That's stupidity gone to seed. Blame doesn't work. It's of the devil. Take responsibility for yourself. Because when you stand before the Burma seat of Jesus on the judgment day, that person you've blamed your whole life won't be there. Get sober minded. Understand these truths. Be responsible to the truth and the light that you know and act on it today because you only have 16 hours. Anybody can do anything in 16 hours, anybody can do anything right in today. You really can with the help of the Holy Spirit inside you. So to godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness is, it goes beyond mere duty. It just, it's of a pure heart. It's, I want to do something really kind for you. That's what brotherly kindness is. And brotherly kindness love, love in this word is agape love. It's the God kind of love. It's the love that will lay your life down for someone else. That's what that love is. So he says in here, for if, not, listen to this, because if it wasn't in the Bible written down, you'd never believe it was here. I, I just, I, I mean, I saw it the way I feel. For if these things are yours and abound in you. See, that's that application. Even when you don't want to. And your flesh doesn't want to. How many of you know that? But the Spirit of God in you does. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. I don't want the famine of the word in my life. I don't want to be barren with fruit. I want fruit to abound. Is that a desire for you? It should be for every child of God. For he who lacks these things, this list, is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Don't forget. Don't forget where you started. Don't forget your starting point of how you fell in love with Jesus. Don't forget that moment. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never, everybody say never, you'll never stumble. God said that. And he doesn't mince his words. You'll never stumble if you're, more, if you're diligent to make your call and your election sure. That means steadfast, a strong foundation. Every choice you make is for the pleasing of the Father in the 16 hours that you have today. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's that eye on eternity. For this reason. I will not be negligent. To remind you always of these things. Though you know. And are established in this present truth. I'm looking at a whole body of believers. That know these truths. And you're established in them. But Paul said. I'm not going to be negligent in reminding you. And encouraging you to be a doer of the word. And we are to be that way for one another. Yes, I think it's right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you of your identity in Jesus and who you are, who you represent. And that you're the ambassador for him on the face of the earth today. That's who you are. And the Holy Spirit wanted you to be encouraged. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Stay in the love of God. Establish what you know is truth. And get stronger and stronger in it every single day. Don't put the oars in the the canoe and start drifting remind each other stir each other up ask questions what did the jesus what is jesus teaching you today get in people's faces amen don't you want that what yeah. yes why because we live in an evil perverse and crooked generation a world that is not wanting what we want and certainly not living in the truth that we live in. Amen. So be encouraged in your identity in Jesus and get to know him more and more in the word of God. Let him encourage you every single day in truth and let that beautiful liberty, that beautiful freedom that we all have and live in in Christ Jesus Just keep abounding in more liberty, more truth. Amen? Well, Father, we thank you for the good word of God today. There's so much in here that you would love to remind us of, that we're the healed, we're the delivered. We are a child of God, and you are our Father, that we have eternal life to look forward to. All these precious promises and precious truth. Father, thank you for stirring that up within us and reminding us of who we are in Christ Jesus. We bless you. We reverently reverently fear you. We reverently walk in this world fearing you, not in a fearful way, but honoring and reverencing you because you are our Father. And Jesus, we thank you that you're the head of the body, the church. And we come under your authority and your lordship. And we come in ranks. We line up in ranks, following after you. You said to the disciples, follow me. And that's our choice. And that's what we desire, is to follow after you. You're a great leader. <laughs> And we love you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've been here tonight. And I believe working in the hearts of some here tonight. I think this was um, a deciding night. Some, some of you for a direction, a direction correction of where you were, but where you're going to head out. You may have come in one way, but you're going to leave another Because the Lord has spoken to you tonight about some issues in your life that need reproof, correction, and a direction correction. Amen? Why? Because he loves you. He wants the best for you. He wants everything that he promised in his book for you. And we have to respond correctly for that. Amen? Father, we just thank you and give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if there's anyone that would like to come, the worship team can come, that would like to come forward, the altar is always open. And there's something about coming forward that accelerates you in your walk in God because it takes humility to do that. And God gives grace to the humble. I remember when I was an early believer, I had so many problems. Oh, my word. So many. I didn't see the light of day. But every time I went to church, the altar was open. I went forward. Because I needed as much of God as I could get. And I knew he was here. And I wanted it more than anything. More than I cared what anybody thought about me. I wanted more of Jesus and less of what I had, (laughs) which was the problems of the world. So I invite you, if the Lord is speaking to you tonight, humble yourself and come and just spend time with the Lord and let him minister to you, let him comfort you, let him encourage you, let him heal your heart, your broken heart, heal your body, he's here for you jesus is the head of the church he's here tonight he loves you he loves being here with you he gave his life for you certainly he will give you everything you need amen let's worship together
1: well dogs bark Sinners sin. Saints shine. Amen. Hmm. <laughs> okay.
2: My song will rise, my song will rise my heart fades, my song will rise, my song will rise While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. In the dead of
0: beloved beloved you have everything you need in your life present tense to overcome and be victorious in your today and all the todays of your life because the greater one lives within you as a child of God greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world amen God is a faithful father a good father full of promise and blessings for each and every one of us. As you go your way, go in the power of the living word within you. Amen. We have fellowship afterwards downstairs. Please come by and edify, encourage, and build each other up in our most holy faith. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. Good evening everyone. Oh, it's so great to see y'all. Thanks so much for coming. Mirabellas are here. Glory to God. Woohoo! It's going to be a phenomenal week that's ahead of us. I hope you're all getting prepared spirit soul and body for what God has for you starting tonight. I mean, don't waste tonight. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> no no wasting it well I'd like to encourage you tonight from Psalms 138 the good word of God I will praise you with my whole heart does that mean you can praise him with a little bit of your heart <laughs> Maybe you could you know maybe that's why he says with my whole heart the heart that the part that's hurting the part that's questioning you know the part that wonders says no praise me with your whole heart i will sing praises to you i will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth for you have magnified your word above all your name in the day when i cried out you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul you want to be bold in your soul tonight glory to God all the kings of the earth shall praise you Lord when they hear the words of your mouth yes they shall sing of the ways of the Lord for great is the glory of the Lord amen well family of God let's stand up together and let's praise the Lord with our whole heart tonight Above all his word, the name of Jesus, life in Jesus, power in Jesus, healing in Jesus, deliverance in Jesus, everything you need is in the name of Jesus. Just say that name, Jesus. There's power as it comes from your lips. The name of Jesus, the name above all names above all sickness all disease all troubles the name of jesus it makes the devil shudder the name of jesus amen glory to god alive in me christ in me the hope of glory why don't you say that christ in me the hope of glory amen well turn to your neighbor and say i'm so glad you're here tonight what a great night to be together
3: Well, good evening, everyone. How are y'all doing tonight? Good? Well, we'd like to welcome anyone that's here for the very first time. If you're here for the first time, can you raise your hand so we can give you a welcome? Anyone? Right over here in the back. Thank you for coming out tonight. We're glad you're with us. Also, I know Karen mentioned it in the beginning, but if you didn't hear her say it, we have our lovely family, the Mirabella family. So let's give it... We're really excited to have you guys with us this week, so thanks for coming. All right, well, we're going to prepare to return the tithe to the Lord tonight, so if you need a cash envelope for your giving, raise your hand. And if you're giving by credit card, you can make sure you fill out all of the blanks. You know, we serve a covenant-keeping God. you know that? His word stands. When he says it, he means it. He's not like people that, you know, I don't know, can you rely on him or not? You can rely on God. Psalms 105 says this, says, He remembers his covenant forever, the word he commanded for a thousand generations. That's a long time. Forever is a long time. When he said it 6,000 years ago, it still stands. Well, this includes the tithe covenant, and I wanted to read to you from Genesis. Um, if So if you want, you can turn to Genesis chapter 14. And this is where we read the story of how Abram and his men rescued his nephew Lot. Remember, they had had that battle, and those kings came and, you know, captured Lot and a bunch of stuff, all of his things. And so Abram had this amazing victory, and he got back all this stuff, got Lot back, and it was an amazing victory. So I want to start reading in verse 18 of chapter 14. So he's coming back, he meets the, the king of Salem here in this valley, and it says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. How many know what that typifies? He brought out bread and wine. That's covenant meal. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed him <clears throat> and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram's response was this, to give him a tenth. You know, he's, this blessing comes out of Melchizedek's mouth, and Abraham in this moment, I'm going to ad-lib a little bit here, he recognizes that, hey, this victory was not all my own doing. God was the source of that. The reason for my victory is him. I couldn't do anything without him. And this came out of his heart to return a tenth of all that he got. All this, all of his increase, he returned a tenth. How did he know to do that? This is before the law. The law has not come yet. It came out of his heart. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. So the king of Sodom, he's pretty happy. He, this victory, he got all his people back, he got his stuff back, and he's like, look, give me my people, but... I'm so grateful, you just take the goods. And Abram said, no. He says, I've lifted my hand to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is yours, lest you would say, I made Abram rich. See that blessed man? You See, he wants, he's setting God up. He wants to say, Lord, if I'm blessed, it's because of you. I don't want anybody else on earth saying, yeah, well, I know why he's the richest man on the earth is because of that victory and everything, and I could have kept all the stuff, but I let him have it, you know. So he sat and got up. He wants everyone to know his blessings from the Lord. He says, I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me. Let, okay, three guys take their share. And now the Lord's response. Sorry, I'm just not real great at some of those old words. And names, so I'm glad things are easier today. we got words we can read. (laughs) So we see God's response to this in chapter 15, the very next verse, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Here's his response to Abram's heart to tithe and just recognize who his source was. He says, fear not, Abram. I am your shield your reward shall be very great and the King James says your reward shall be exceeding great I'm your exceeding great reward I think is how that says fear not I'm your shield but what is that protection I mean a shield protects I'm the Lord's your shield this is a covenant thousands of years ago but it still stands because God remembers his covenant It still stands. And it says, you know, reward. If you look that word up, it literally means wages, payment, money paid. So he's literally saying, I'm your protection, I'm your provision. Isn't that something to rejoice about? Abraham's blessings are yours. This stands for you today. If you'll be a tither, if you'll recognize that God is your source, he's the one that you're completely relying on for everything. Anything good in your life, it came from him. Glory to God. I'm so thrilled and thankful that we have that covenant. So let's just take a hold of our tithes and let's offer it to the Lord. We're so grateful, Lord, that we're your kids and that you're so good to us. That you keep covenant forever. Your word is good And we just look to your covenant, and we return the tithe to you gladly, knowing that you will protect us, knowing you'll provide any need that should arise, that you will take care of us. So we just bless you tonight, and I just call these people blessed. And I thank you for meeting every need that there may be in the house. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, the people will give to the Lord. All right, well, we are, have been looking forward to this week for a long time, haven't we? We have our annual Armada Landmark Conference starting Monday night. Well, Sunday night for members only, but starting Monday at 1 p.m. for the general public. Um, there's more details here in the bulletin. So the dinner we served at 5, if you have registered, and the evening sessions are starting at 7 All right. Well, I think that we have an LTS graduation tonight. So, Kelly, I'm going to turn it over to you.
1: So, I have the privilege tonight to recognize another one of our many LTS graduates that we have had come through the leadership training school that we have here at Church of the Word. So, I would like to invite Amy Epsey to come forward, please. So Amy has just, as of two weeks ago, completed two and a half years of study, um, becoming a lifelong learner of the word. So we would like to um, recognize her. We have a little gift for you. Thank you. And this will be your diploma. (laughs) And we have some flowers for you, too. So I would like to invite, um, everyone that goes through the leadership training school has an advisor. And so we had, um, between the students who were attending and auditing this past semester, we had 20 students. So we had four advisors, and so um, Amy's advisor was Miss Karen. So we'd like to invite you up, and she's going to lead us in praying over Amy.
0: Before we do that, Amy, we're going to put you in the hot spot. And ask you, what did these two and a half years of attending leadership training school, LTS, what did it do for you personally and your walk with the Lord?
2: Mm. That is a mouthful to, to explore. You've got a few minutes to do it. Oh, yay. Um, what has it meant to me? Well, I started this out thinking in terms of i I'm, I really had the feeling of for a long time it was like I'm on the outside looking in if that makes any sense to anybody um, so that so that this, so that this is this was um, a step of faith, a step of faith for me to get on the inside, so to speak, and the first semester that I took was i I met. E.W. Kenyon, Advanced Bible (laughs) Learner, and I thought, okay, here we go. This is going to be a very interesting course of whatever. Anyway, but I've learned a great deal. I don't feel that I'm outside looking in anymore. I don't feel that I know, you know, but I know what I don't know. You know, I have a better idea about that. Um, (laughs) If you can relate to this, fine. If you can't, I'm sorry. Um... I look at things from this perspective as far as where I am in life, you know, and I've spent a lot of life wasting a lot of time, so that um, I think at this point this has really made me recognize that our days are numbered, and that this is important, this is serious stuff, and um, I just encourage everybody, you know, it doesn't matter what age, I surely was my... um, inspiration, Shirley Spleeny, I thought, you know, hey, we can do this. Um, I'm not going to say it was easy for me. I'm going to tell you that it created a lot of good habits in me that, that um, was, were necessary. I have to thank my husband for his grace through these two and a half years as far as um, helping me to learn, helping me to grow as well. So is that enough? Awesome. Let's give her a
0: hand for that. Put her on the spot. Thank you. Well, Father, we thank you so much for this precious soul who really did take a step of faith, not knowing what was in front of her. But every step, every day, every month, every year, just brought a more presence of Jesus in her life. And we have all observed it, the servant heart, the humble heart, the heart that have embraced Jesus. Father, we're so grateful to have Amy a part of our family, and we're thankful for what you're going to continue to do in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We love you, Amy. Let's give her another hand. Oh, I love LTS. Uh, I call it a wheel within a wheel. Where and you said it very nicely. Um, you felt like you were outside looking in, and LTS brings you in. And 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 it it shouldn't be an LTS that brings you in. I mean Jesus brings you in, but if you're looking for a deeper walk with the Lord, and if you're looking for a deeper fellowship with believers, LTS is a great avenue for you. So. Please hook yourself up with Kelly if you're interested to start up in September. You won't regret it. It'll be time well spent. I love what you said, Amy. It's serious. You know, it's life. Life goes by quicker than we both than, than we all realize. My mom uh, was a mother of eight, and she used to say, "The days are long, but the years are short." What a true statement. Amen. Our very compassionate pastor got on a plane in a wink, twinkling of an eye, when a childhood friend suddenly died. He had six children. Yeah, so um, he is there in Missouri, giving forth the word of life with a with the heart of Jesus, the compassionate heart. So keep him in your prayers. He's coming home tomorrow. Quick trip of just planting the word of God in that family's heart. You know, when you yourself have gone through tragedy, uh, you are so capable uh, of, of reaching out and bringing that compassion that people who are fresh in it uh, need. And that's your pastor. Makes me almost weepy. He's such a compassionate gentleman. So let's, let's pray for him right now. Father, we just thank you for our pastor, Sid. Thank you for him being at the right place at the right time, doing the right things with the right people. Thank you for the word of life being presented to the people and they have ears to hear That by the comfort of the Holy Spirit to this entire family, Father. We thank you that he truly is an ambassador for Jesus and will give everything that he can to represent you to this family. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.